0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Robot building supplies helping you get the right products for the job at a better
1: price.
2: Berwick BMW, making a new car resolution? Start your new
1: year in new wheels from Berwick BMW. The Run Home. It most certainly is. Welcome to the Run Home. Josh Jenkins in the chair. Adam Cooney. In the other chair, huge show today, massive show today. We've got absolutely no time for the nonsense that we dished up yesterday. Uh, Louise Fleming will join us uh, at about quarter past three to break down the Australian Open for us because uh, it has all been happening. Of course, the bad news of uh, the uh, withdrawal of Nick Kyrgios yesterday was offset with some really good performances from some probably unknown Aussies, unknown to most casual tennis fans anyway. So Louise Fleming... Will join us in about ten minutes to tell us all about that. Uh, Nick Tedeschi will join us as well because there's a real storm brewing uh, across uh, the NFL, NRL, not the NFL, the NRL with the players and the league in terms of some uh, some. Uh, there's certainly some middle ground that needs to be met in terms of their CBA. Ryan Brockoff from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix will join us after four. Jeez, and didn't they suffer a uh, a terrible loss to Brisbane? last night, and Hunter Johnson, the CEO of Stuff, will jump in after five to tell us about Stuff, as I welcome uh, Adam Kearney the one, the only, the 2000 and something grand low medalist. Good afternoon. I'm not speaking until you say which year it was. You're speaking now, mate. And this is the thing about Adam Cooney. He'll dead set leave me on a uh, lurch until I say it was a two thousand and seven Brownlow medal. <laughs> You're <Yeah. laughs> so close. Just one year off. Ah, 2006. 2008 oh, eight. Brownlow medalist. I should have won it in two
3: thousand and six. Oh. Unlucky in two thousand and nine. <laughs> uh, pretty close in twenty ten as well.
1: But two thousand and eight. Write it down in your notebook. It's two thousand and eight. Eight. I'm more of a Thank computer you, operator, so I don't have a notebook. But how are you? Uh, you look uh, you look well as always. Not that you don't ever look well, but you look extra <laughs> you look extra well today.
3: Had a trim, trim the beard. That might be why I'm looking a little bit more sprightly today. But I thought we had an agreement
1: that we were going to be sitting next together at the cattery today. Uh, well, we did, but uh, we've got a special guest coming into the studio after five, and. Uh, the way things went last week when we left Homicide, one out in the studio, I <laughs> thought we can't do that again. So uh, I've made the trip up the highway, a couple of little uh, spluttering stops too with the, uh, the traffic. So uh, that was enjoyable. But I thought I'd give you the day off and save you the commute. You can, uh, you can make the uh, trip up for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then all of next week. How does that sound?
3: Well, I wouldn't have thought so, not after enduring the traffic at 5.35 trying to get out of South Melbourne yesterday, trying to get down the the freeway home to Geelong. It's, um, it's not worth it. It's just, it's better to just sit at home or even, I liked our little setup that we had there at the commentary yeah, box overlooking nice. the the green stuff at GMHBA mm. Stadium. So uh, maybe tomorrow. We, is Homicide in Thursday this week? If we've got no guests in studio tomorrow, I think we make a pact to meet at
1: GMHBA and well, we'll do tomorrow, the show together tomorrow there. tomorrow I'm most definitely at GMHBA because I've got some Geelong Cats commitments. We've got training. So uh, it's three hours a week that you get paid yes, for? that's down right. There. That's right. And I get paid for two hours of it. Um... What what, did you get up to this morning? You had a bit of extra time at home because you didn't make the trip up. So, what happened? I went to the swimming pool with the uh, little ones, but what did you get up to? You're very fit, aren't you? You're
3: swimming, you're running, you're keeping yourself in really good nick, getting ready for a huge season or a huge bumper, four game block of footy coming up at Sea Lake, they tell me. Really large brown paper bag handed over in exchange for the salary cup up up there.
1: So, I won't have you speaking like that about these country footy clubs. (laughs) I've heard all about the
3: salary cap up there at Sea Lake. So uh, they'll enjoy uh, you standing in the goal square and kicking your two or three Joe the Goosies over the top. So what are you getting? A thousand bucks a goal as well Back as your two and a half compliment. K a game.
1: Backhanded compliment. I'll take that from Adam Kearney. <laughs> uh, no,
3: I'll top. tell you what I did. Yes. I'll tell you what I did. I, you know, I said yesterday that I purchased a new caravan. Yes. Took it to the Waybridge uh, yesterday <laughs> after work. <laughs> and it's too heavy for my car to pull. Oh. <laughs> I brought, let, and uh, it must be known that I purchased
1: my new vehicle uh, four weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> <You>
3: <laughs> I bought a new are, car.
1: <laughs> in the words of uh, S E N Tracks, David Taggart, you are a muppet. I <laughs> bought a car four weeks ago, kitted it out. Uh,
3: Ready to tow and then this uh, new caravan popped up only last week. So I purchased that and uh, did all the weights last night and it's uh, it's within the weight range to tow the car but the tow ball – Download weight exceeds the GVM of my vehicle, so you don't know what I'm talking about right now. Your eyes have gone, you've gone cross-eyed. There'll be a few, uh, there'll be a few caravaners out there that uh, will be You're sitting like, back oh, and yes. falling for the oh, oldest trick the book too. So it's, uh, I'm 50 kilos over the GVM, which is the total weight of your car. Right. But the uh, so I didn't realise the tow ball download weight on my new caravan would be as significant as right. it is. It's about 100 kilos more which means my payload in my car is over. So I have to... I can't get a GVM upgrade, which gives you extra weight that you're allowed to um, have in your vehicle, as in passengers, fuel, luggage, all that sort of stuff. But the GVM upgrade is not available with the uh, Pajero Sport as yet. So I'm going to have to sell that and get a new car that tows more.
1: Well, you should have... So uh, it's an expensive mistake. It is. It is. And uh, you should have gone to Berwick BMW because uh, you wouldn't have had the uh, issues. And, hey, there's still time. So, uh, Adam... You can start your year in a new BMW. And if you need some work boots for your trip and your travels and all that sort of stuff, you can get some <laughs> Rotoflex by Blundstone's ability meets the freedom to move. We need to get to an early break because Louise Fleming is uh, waiting for us. We need to get to her because it is all happening in the world of tennis right here in Melbourne. So let's get a very early break out of the way. This is a Atreides' out for Ace Gutters, Australian made built to last. Louise Fleming to join us on the other side. I would
0: say that... Um even without this win today, it's worthwhile. Um, I'm doing what I absolutely love, and not many people get to wake up and live their dream and um, know that so many people are supporting me. Just not not just my family, my friends who I know personally, but um, so many people that are watching here today and, and back home um, on TV.
2: Thank you so much. I, I love you all.
1: Ah, uh, that was the elated voice of Kim Burrell, who was a uh, pleasant surprise uh, this morning slash this afternoon with a big win over 6 three six seven six six one. Louise Fleming has been good enough to jump on the line and tell us all about it. Louise, what a uh, thanks for joining us first of all, but uh, what a nice little surprise to see Kim Burrell able to uh, get through her round one match uh, despite losing the first set six three.
2: Unbelievable, wasn't it? today, guys. Yes, it was um, so much excitement out there on court. Kia, it was amazing, really. I mean, Kim came out trying to outpace and outpower Kai Kanepi. Kai Kanepi, 37 in the world. She's been to every uh, Grand Slam quarterfinal. So she's got loads of experience. She's a big hitter, and, and really she was taking it to Kim. Kim couldn't quite get over the line in that first set, but then she decided to change it up. She started hitting higher and heavier and really mixing it up, trying to get Kaya out of her hit zone, and it really worked. All of a sudden, Kanepi, you know, just lost her rhythm, and, of course, the heat started to come. um, and, And I just really feel him then just was you know able to get on top of her opponent and just was really solid and just really resilient and it was just a great win i mean it's so exciting the last time they played lost 6163 and that was a few years in brisbane so what a turnaround for kim Beryl.
1: yeah amazing what what was it like i don't know if you were able to get there or you were um, able to see some some images is it is it is it a bit of a, a situation where words starts to filter around that you know, I guess a little-known Aussie starting to do great things. There's an upset brewing, and the crowd starts to starts to sort of gather. Is that how it went down for, for Kim today?
2: Yeah. Well, I was sitting in the most comfortable um, chair in the in the whole house because I was commentating the match. So I was sitting in a really nice studio in some aircon, um, but there was a lot of noise coming from Kia Arena. So I do think that as the match progressed, there was a whole bunch of Australians there in their yellow and golden, uh, golden green. It was, it was amazing. It was a full-packed house. And the more noise, that just attracts more people. And obviously, uh, the nasty coconut is coming up on that court much later today because of the heat rule that's coming. There is no play on the outside courts at the moment. So, yeah, uh, that, that court just started to pack up and really um, get a lot of people just because of the the lineup today is incredible on that court and after um, Kim and Kaya there was another men's match and then Sanasi was coming up up against Cognini later today.
3: So how does that affect the? Well, firstly those matches that have been suspended and then also the other matches this evening. How do they try and squeeze everything in and reschedule um, given that uh, it is so hot on those outside courts?
2: Yeah, look, they they have to wait until it comes down to i think 35 um for the overall and at the moment i think it's up around the 37 mark. so everyone's just waiting i just saw the nasty coconuts, uh just come up the stairs we had a chat i said what are you doing and he said well just trying to stay chilled i mean what you don't want to do is waste too much energy being in the you know the restaurants and around the areas we're talking to everyone because everyone you know wants to have a chat with every player that they walk past and. And so that's tiring. So, the Nazi's just going to go and sit in the locker room and try to chill. Up. There's no practice and no play until 5 p.m. So, there's a match that the Nasi has to play after. So, it's going to be a very late night, I would imagine, because Brianovic and Rune, Olga Rune, the Danish guy that's the number one seed here, they have to play. So, that could take two or three hours. The Nasi then is going to go on at about 8 p.m. 9pm, something like that. And it just pushes all the matches back. The only matches we're on at the moment is Romero Varina and John Payne. Um, so, you know, those matches are progressing. And uh, actually, Matteo Berrettini is playing Andy Murray and they're having a bit of a battle out there. Andy Murray won the first set. Um, you know, Matteo Berrettini, obviously, he's the 13th seed. He would expect to win that he just beat his his current opponent at the US Open in fourth. You would think that's going to maybe go four or five sets. Um, And then later tonight, Onjibur and Novak Djokovic uh, take that court. But they're not going to be upset too much with the timing because it's all indoors.
3: Well, it could be a frustrating evening for those players sitting around waiting, but I think uh, Thanasi's uh, quite partial to a late-night club visit or two, so he might, might be okay with the late-night Louise coming up. It was, in fact, a, a great day yesterday, and there were a few surprise winners, uh, just st- sticking with the female side of things. Olivia Gadecki was a, certainly a surprise winner on, on debut yesterday. She's been drawn against unseated Ukrainian Marta Kostik. You think she'll be happy with that match-up?
2: Yeah, I think so. Marta Kostyuk is playing very good tennis. I remember she got to, I think, the fourth round when she was only about a 15 or a 16-year-old. Um, had a bit of a resurgence lately. She's playing some great tennis. She's a big hitter. Um, she plays flat and, you know, moves very well. Olivia has a very big serve and a great forehand. Um, you know, she's a big ball striker, Olivia. Uh, look, anything could happen there. Olivia gets a little bit of a run, a little bit of confidence. I think we could see her um, get up in this match, but certainly we're hoping um, for her to, to do well. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited for that match. I hope I'm actually commentating it.
1: Uh, Louise, what did you make of the, the the great story around Jason Kubler? Of course, 29 years of age. Uh, it's been so long, and, and he's had so many goes at trying to win uh, matches in the Australian Open. He's had so many injuries, but yesterday... Able to to get the win over the Argentinian six four six four six four, so uh, a fantastic result for us Aussie fans, but also Jason himself, who's had to endure a lot of uh, a lot of obstacles.
2: Yeah, it's phenomenal, isn't it? I think he's had eight knee operations and so much time off the tour, thinking about his life. He was the number one junior in the world, so much expectation, um, and then his body just really couldn't hold up. So it's great to see him doing really well in Adelaide. I think the other night when he interviewed him got a little bit emotional just the fact that he's had such a a tough journey he's got a great attitude and I think being included in the Davis Cup and and even you know listening to Jason talk he feels like he really belongs now he's hanging around with the Demonars and the Coconacuses and and Leighton Stewart with Davis Cup and I think that's just lifted his his own confidence and for me, he's one of the really most consistent competitors out there. For me, his character is great, and he doesn't seem to dip. If he has a bad game, he picks himself straight up, and, and I just love the way he's appreciating being on the court. I think that sometimes you've just got to have a whole lot of gratitude when your body stays together and not, it's not filled with, with glue and, and sticky tape, so many of these players are <laughs> carrying injuries, and it's great to see him feeling like he's, um, he's not carrying too much pain.
3: Death taxes and Johnny Millman playing in a five-setter at round one in the Australian <laughs> Open, Louise.
2: Yeah, you gotta love it. Are you still here? I'm not sure if I've lost you guys. No, no we're um,
1: st- we've still got you, Louise. Still got you.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm in the. Uh, I'm in the restaurant up on the roof here with all the tennis players, and I'd say everyone's on their their telephones. This, this place is absolutely packed with this heat rule, um, and with the break, you can barely get a, a seat. There's people everywhere. Um, no, it's, it's really it's a great uh, great feeling in here. But, um, yeah, Johnny Millman, I mean, amazing, isn't he? I just love what he gives. His brand of tennis is to absolutely try to run the house down. I wanted to go in and have a little look at um, that match yesterday. It's at Show Court 3, and there was about 15 deep just trying to get in the gate. So I had to stand up on, on the stadium just up the back there of Margaret Court Arena and just try to watch over top. Um, look, he's he's a journeyman, isn't he? And if you if you give him a, a contest, he loves taking up the challenge. Oh, look, he's he's just a fighter, um, and he just was so consistent yesterday. He actually served really well. So when he needed to, he could throw down some big bombs. But no one's going to outrun this guy. If you said, listen, uh, Johnny, just after the match, you've got to run to Sydney just to pick up some some extra things for your kids, he probably would. He wouldn't. He wouldn't even deter from. From going the extra mile, he's amazing, um, and I love his heart.
1: Uh, Louise, what did you make of, again, not sure how much of it you caught, but we saw some of the big guns, Pass, and Medvedev were able to stroll through their first-round matches, and we expect that from, from the big guns. But Rafael Nadal, he was, he was able to get through, and that's the most important part, survive and advance for sure. But he laboured through at different stages, took him four sets to get past uh, Draper. So what did you make of, of what you saw of Nadal?
2: Yeah, look, um, it, that was a really tough match. When I saw that draw come out, Jack Draper has been playing incredible tennis. He's 21 years of age. He's a lefty. He's six foot four. He beat um Wu Kwan, the guy that won Adelaide last week. Um, he beat him a couple of months ago. He's had wins over Pass, Monfield, Tim, Felix Auger, Alissimo. So I was thinking, look out. If you're going to play anyone uh, in the first round of a Grand Slam, you better play Rafa first round because once he gets through each match, he gets tougher and tougher. So I thought Jack Draper could have been a chance. Didn't get the first set, got the second set, but I think he ran out of legs. I think he pulled maybe a bit of a muscle. He had a strain. So in a way, I think Rafa maybe just um, got out of jail there. But, yeah, look, good to see that he was getting better as the match went on. Um, but I love Jack Draper and look out for that young man's name. Only 21 years of age, lefty, and he plays some great tennis. Um, yeah, look, Medvedev, yeah, he kind of breezed through. Sitsipas was good, didn't really uh, have too much of a, a problem against Hayes, the, the Frenchman. man. Um, I think he got that in the, the tiebreaker in the third, maybe. He did, yeah. And yep. again, yeah, again, I love watching Sitsipas. He's just a freak of nature, isn't he? He's a Greek god and, He just throws himself around the court. It was in Margaret Court Arena. I did get to watch a little bit of that because I was calling Madison Keys the next match after that, um, where she played some great tennis as well. So, no, it's been incredible. The matches have been really good. There's been a lot of competition early on. Sometimes you see in the first rounds of Grand Slams, you see a little bit of a lackluster effort from just the fact that you might have a player coming off some big wins and you've got to play a lacking confidence. I really haven't seen that. We've seen so many tight battles and some good quality play. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been a great start to day one and we've seen some really good matches also here um, starting today. We saw Pat Sabalenka, the number five seed on Red Laver Arena. She got through uh, against Mart- Martin Kova and Caroline Garcia, the number four seed as well getting through the qualifier. Catherine Seboff of Canada, so those two big hitters looking like they're in good form, and I can't wait to see the end of that Murray and Berrettini match out on Rod Laver Arena too. Continuous play there because it's a little bit cooler.
1: Yeah, it's uh, just they've just cut away from the uh, score there, but Andy Murray's more than serving it up to Berrettini at the moment, so that's certainly a, a great game. Murray won the first at six three, and he's uh, he's broken serve. He's up four three and serving up 15 love at the moment. Uh, Before we let you go, Louise, uh, some uh, really good uh, numbers and figures coming around from a crowd perspective yesterday.
2: Oh, it was absolutely smashing. You couldn't walk from one one court to another. I went down to try to watch Rinky um, Hijikata on court eight, another Aussie. Rinky was two sets to love down Hmm. and just played the match of his life, um, you know, winning that in five sets. But I tried to get down even around court eight. No chance. It was about 10 deep. Um, so that was a bit disappointing for me because I really wanted to go and watch him play. Watch this young fella. I love him. He's got a heart of gold. He's the guy that played against Rafa Nadal at the US Open, won the first set, and I think he's got a lot of class, that young fella. Um, but, yeah, the numbers are great. There's so much action here at the Australian Open. I love just getting a, for friends, you know, just getting a ground pass. There's so many great matches all around. Yeah. And obviously you get a get a, um, a nice little bite. There's so many great restaurants and bars and all sorts of things here. It's, a, it's a, a real festival feeling. It's it's great. I mean, the last two years, you know, it's been a bit of a sad feeling here. Last year we had better numbers. But two years ago, just walking around with no one here, it was quite daunting. Sad to see. But we're back in action, which is, which is wonderful.
1: We most definitely are. It's uh, great to see the crowds back. A little hiccup with the heat at the moment. But certainly if you're... Uh, uh, around the place or watching Andy Murray and Berrettini are going at it blow for blow right now. Louise Fleming, we'll let you get back to uh, grabbing a little snack and uh, you're a very busy person at the moment, so we we very much appreciate you giving us 10 or 15 minutes of your time.
2: No worries, guys. Call me any time. I love it. There's Bye-bye.
1: Louise Fleming, a great Grand Slam commentator. You can hear her uh, work across the Australian Open, uh, Adam Cooney. And... Uh, Thirty-five degrees. Are you happy with that? I oh, I would have thought thirty-seven. You could you could probably you could probably keep playing. Could you not? Yeah, mid thirties is mid
3: thirties. Not too bad. We push on through a pre-season mm. session of about two and a half to three hours in in mid thirty conditions. So, but it is hot on court. Like this, the sun bounces off the
1: court and uh, burns your nose. So it's not ideal. <laughs> Uh, unbelievable. Uh, the insights of the great 2007 Brownlow Middles. Uh, let's get to a break because on the other side, we've got to get to Nick Tedeschi because there's a storm brewing in the NRL between the players and the competition itself. So uh, let's get to the news and then we'll speak to Nick. I'll
2: stick with you that bottom line.
1: Welcome back to The Run Home. We're going to quickly move across to the NRL because, as I mentioned before the news, there is a storm brewing between the players and the game itself in regards to the CBA. Nick Tedeschi does some fine work for the Guardian. He's been good enough to jump on the line for a few minutes. He's incredibly busy, so we're very appreciative. And uh, Nick, good afternoon. He's that busy. Hello, Nick. Are you there? Nick Tedeschi. Hello, guys. How are you? We're going well, thank you. Just um, elaborate, you know, plenty of us down here in Melbourne aren't fully across what may be happening, but we're, we're certainly familiar with CBAs and the, uh, the dealings between, I guess, the AFL down here and, and, and the Players Association. But just tell us about what's um, holding things up and where the angst and, and, and aggro is coming from when it comes to the NFL, uh, NRL players and the game itself.
4: Yeah, look, there's been a big divide for for a while. There's been frustration on the players' side about the uh, NRL. There's not any kind of reluctance reluctance to probably negotiate in good faith, but even their ability to get their, their, their ducks in a row and understand the, the matters at hand, the players' association were pretty big last year in, in kind of highlighting that that the NRL weren't fully across all the issues, weren't fully briefed on where they needed to be briefed. So the RLPA was doing a... Uh, a lot of education rather than the, 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 than bargaining at the time is also kind of amped up just before Christmas when when the NRL announced a salary cap that hadn't been agreed to by by the players association. Clubs are backing the players uh, at the moment. uh it's still a long way from a deal. It's not so much about money overnight. it's always about money, but uh, mm. it's probably about more about uh, fairness at, at those lower levels and looking after players. After the game, stuff like uh, health funds after the, the the players retire and whatnot. So, um, a few issues at hand here, and and you know anyone coming with Peter Valandis, and I, I know he's certainly got a reputation down in Victoria. Mm. Up here in New South Wales, <laughs> he's very, very much regarded as uh, as a hard head, way or the highway kind of guy. I'm sure that's how he's perceived down there, and it uh, uh, isn't washing all that well with uh, with uh, the players.
1: So the players are starting to 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 take more official uh, or matters into their own, own hands in terms of, uh, we saw some, some Cronulla players yesterday skip uh, official photo shoots and we've seen the Dragons players come out and say they wouldn't be attending metre opportunities to storm and the Panthers guys have said similar things. So the players are beginning to take matters into their own hands. So, you know, we're a fair way away from any games being played, but... Is there, you know, where can this go? Where can this possibly go if, if things don't start to improve and we don't start to see uh, some movement from either side?
4: Yeah, look, it's fascinating. One of the, um, you know, the, the, the players are certainly taking this position and I think they they believe it's probably going to have an impact on the NRL. I'm not 100% sure on that, um, mainly because the uh, Peter Valandis have been big on downscaling uh, NRL.com and, and, and kind of really, you know, essentially castrating that media unit relative to their AFL counterpart and what what, what the kind of hopes and, and dreams of it were under uh, under Todd Greenberg and David Smith and his predecessors. But I think where we're going to get to is um, there's going to be a lot more public sling. There's going to be, a, uh, you know, uh, pushing all the way up, up, up to strike action, I think. So I, I don't think we're going to see any industrial action. I don't think... I don't think the players and the, the, the league are that far apart in terms of there games called off, but we've seen in the past, that, uh, yeah, Adelian Mills been canceled. We're going back 20 odd years. For the first time in a long time, we've got a strong players association. I don't see them backing down. And the fact that the clubs are on the player side, which is very, very rare in these negotiations. Mm. Usually it's for the clubs in the league against the players. The clubs are fully, fully backing the players. And I, you know, from my point of view what the, the players are asking for is not unreasonable uh, so I, I, I you know I, the the public sentiment is certainly going to be swayed behind the players you' think in this time. I don't think it's uh this is a greed pay pay top end players more money and and the like so um, I can see the the NRL eventually being somewhat pragmatic you know I think dig his heels in uh, with 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 the kind of public rhetoric but when it gets to the actual negotiations, I think a deal will eventually
3: be done. So what what does the deal look like financially? Is it um, a significant increase for the players? I imagine it, it, it would be. And is it attractive enough as it is? I, I know you mentioned all the other issues about uh, retirement funds, injury funds and all, all that sort of stuff, looking after players. But uh, I mean, bottom line, is it a good deal for the players at the moment?
4: Uh, I'd say it's a reasonably good deal for the players at the moment. There's, there's certainly an increased good deal for um, players at the bottom end, minimum wage has gone up from eighty thousand to to, to hundred and twenty thousand. Uh, so um, we're going to see uh, rights included in there that are going to protect uh, uh, NRLW players who currently aren't part uh, aren't currently subject to a to a CBA. So um, yeah, the deal in of itself, from, from a salary point of view, I don't think is an issue. I think how of that gets funded is becoming an issue. So uh, you know, I think that's probably why clubs are are siding with players, they're, they're not going to stand by and say, hey, we're going to get all these increases in salary and not get any extra grants from the NRL. So, um, yeah, it's plenty to play out here. I don't think it's an unreasonable deal that's on the table, but I think, you know, the players, where they can get more, I don't think what they're asking for is particularly unreasonable.
1: Well, it's going to be uh, a story we can follow along with for a little while because uh, these things tend to take a bit of time. So, Nick, we, uh, we thank you for your time. We can uh, read all about it by The Guardian, and uh, thanks for giving us uh, a few moments of your time on the run home.
4: Absolutely, no problem, Jims.
1: There's Nick Tedeschi of The Guardian speaking about the uh, the standoff between the NRL players and the club. So there's a few things to be worked through. And, uh, you know, when you hear, just quickly, before we get to a break, when you hear, you know, uh, the, the minimum wage is going to go from 80K to 120K, instantly you go, well, that's great. What are the players... Mm. What, what's their issue? But we're lucky in the AFL. We've got a really fantastic uh, pension scheme that's been built and created and improved upon. So some of those types of things is, are really important as well. And, and as Nick alluded to, potentially they are the stumbling box right now.
3: Yeah, we do have some terrific things in place and, and injury payments for players who have retired, who have suffered injuries, who need surgery and whatnot um, three or four years down the track. that That is terrific for those guys to lean on. So the, the players in the NRL are obviously calling for, for that. Um, and more money to go into those funds. And I think the AFL, what they, uh, the the set percentage of revenue, which was called upon yep. years ago to, to put in place, where players said, well, we want a set percentage of the revenue. If we continue to grow the game, we earn more money. If, if Obviously, uh, in, conversely, the other way, yeah, if um, money drops and, and membership and all those sorts of things. So the players back themselves in to, to keep growing the game, and that, that's worked well. Also, maybe the NRL looked to... Um, emulate that in the next cba and get that set percentage of revenue and then it can go to and distribute to all those different funds
1: Andy Murray has uh taken this game uh two sets to love thus far so he's uh, one set away from upsetting uh Gee Berrettini miss. the number 15 seed so one hit. I think when you when you uh when you the number 15 seed and you bump into a player like Andy Murray no matter the background and the ish, injury Issues uh, he may have had to be disappointed. Fritz, the American, is uh, taking care of the Georgian as well 646246. Six, six. That's going into the fourth set right here, right now. And some news out of Kangaland as well. And I'll be interested to know uh, on the other side, uh, Adam Cuny, Kangaroos fans, let us know on the King Island Golf Talkback line. Play King Island's Pure Links golf courses. Jack Zebel has stepped down as North Melbourne captain after six seasons. Oof. At the helm. So, she straight is. up, North fans, one 736 736 Who should take over? Who will be the next uh, Kangaroos skipper? We'll get to a break. I'll let you stew on that. You can just feverishly go through the North list. Come Got up one. with a candidate. And Ruse Nathan fans. Nathan Grimer. Ruse fans, uh, jump on the line. Let us know. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Who should captain the Kangaroos in 2023? Thanks to Berwick BMW. You start your, near, your new year in a new BMW, and a Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. Adam Cooney, I put a question to you before the break with the uh, very, very recent and breaking news of Jack Zebel stepping down as Kangaroo's skipper. Who is your? Do you have an immediate candidate for us? I've got a podium
3: of candidates oh, okay. for you.
1: I've left you out all, Ben Cunnington. You
3: because he's. Deliver. He's the natural leader of the group, but he is as quiet as a mouse. So he's out. Um, I've got uh, coming in third, Luke davies Uniek, who's on the verge of taking over that side and had a terrific season in 2022. Uh, Young leader, so whether or not he's ready to take on the responsibilities of a captain, I'm not too sure. Uh, Silver was Ben Mackay.
4: Who okay. I thought
3: just uh, just a nice level-headed character would be a pretty polished media performer, sensible, and gives everything for the side. And I, I think the man who will get the job will be Jai Simpkin, who is been at the uh, at the club long enough now as a real leader in the midfield. Um, from all reports, he's bulked up over summer Ooh, and he's love running that. personal best time trials. That. So I think he's the uh, the heir to the throne. Ah, okay. uh, at, down at Arden Street, yeah, Jai
1: Simkin. Have you got any uh, other ideas for me? Uh, no, I'm happy to go with those. But i tell you who might have some ideas for us. It's Joe who's jumped on the King Island talkback line. Uh, Joe, who, uh, firstly, welcome to the show, but who should be the Kangaroos skipper this season?
2: Uh, thanks, uh, Jenko. Uh, definitely
3: Jai Simkin. Uh, certainly think he's ready. Uh, his footy's grown linearly
2: since he started, uh, I think. He's just a, a good young leader and he'll hopefully for a long time for, uh, for us as we get a little bit better over
3: the next couple of years. So do you think he's loud enough? Or And sometimes as a captain you, you have to be uh, strong in your feedback and, and at times can be demonstrative. Do you think he's got that in him? He seems like he's as hard as a cat's head as a player, but do you, do you think he has that side in him in terms of his leadership?
2: I think he'll grow into the role, but I also think, like we've had some really successful leaders who've led by example, like Andrew Swallow comes to mind. And I'd I'd like him to sort of show the way for the other young young
3: players in the club, and then hopefully build that that voice as as he you know, gets a bit more confidence in the in the job.
1: Good call, Joe. Uh, thanks for jumping on the line, Joe Simkin. Is uh, is Joe's suggestion coming through loud and clear? On the 40 Winks temper text as well. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks. serious about sleep and temper. Consumer's choice winner, temper, mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact the exact size of your body. Uh, hi, boys. This is from Joe off the text as well. Coincidentally, might be the same person. Uh, hi, boys. Jai Simkin, no-brainer. Jewel, Sid Barker, medal. Up-and-coming star, Joe from Roeville. Um, just because you've got... Now, I don't know Jai Simkin at all. So I'm not being critical. I'm just saying just because you've got accolades and you are a very good player doesn't mean you are a very good captain, Adam Cooney. I think you would know plenty of players who fit that mould. It's not a negative, it's just a fact. But do you need to be a good captain for your side to be great, do you think?
3: Like, how, how good... Because how much effect does a captain have on you winning and losing a game? I mean, pre-match speech goes for 20 seconds
1: yep how many of those can you remember throughout your career uh no next to none um i think so what, what I'll say is if you've got a really good one it's very very handy but if you if you've just got a run-of-the-mill captain then it's not it doesn't set you back does it
3: Well, it's like a Jaron Geary who's just a good operator around the club and I think sort of played his role, wasn't a star. I mean, did he make St Kilda better? Did he make him worse? Probably didn't make a difference whatsoever. So, I mean, do we overrate the the big C next to someone's name when really there should be a group of eight to ten of your senior leadership guys that are running the day-to-day stuff and also match day helping you get across the line?
1: Uh, Joe, for a couple of reasons, using the term linearly, which linearly. Uh, I don't think we'll hear on uh, SEN 1116 <laughs> for the rest of 2023. Didn't and, mind the Jenko as well. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll go with it. We'll go with go it. Just, uh, you can have a Signet Boost Power Bank valued at fifty nine ninety five. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. So, uh, 24 hours a day. Well. I think that's all if, day. If we can. Not.
3: Can you save one of those for me if we've got any in the studio? Because I
1: need a Signet Boost Power Bank. Didn't you get one? I haven't got one yet, as yet. No, neither have I. Neither have I. Uh there's, yeah, so there's a few candidates and there's always a couple of candidates who we've got no idea about as well, who 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 do their thing and Is there a left the, fielder that we haven't. Well that's there. what I'm saying. Us on the Come outside, across. we've got no idea about how uh these guys behave at Monday. To Friday, We've got to get to a break because uh, after four o'clock, we've got a fair bit happening. Ryan Brockhoff's going to join us in the next hour. Hunter Johnson from Stuff's going to join us after five. So uh, let's get a break out of the way and uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll see whether someone else can throw up another option for the Kangaroos captain because it's crucially important that we find out (laughs) who. It most definitely is. Josh Jenkins and Adam Cooney as we work toward four o'clock. Jason's in Caroline Springs and... Wants to uh, jump on the line and tell us about the Kangaroos' next skipper. Good afternoon, Jason.
4: Good afternoon, fellas. How are you?
1: We are both going well. I'll speak on Adam's behalf. We're both going well. Who do you think will be the next captain of the Kangas?
4: Look, I agree with Coons. I like those three options, but I thought I'd just throw out a couple of others. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke, Luke McDonald. Yep. And uh, Cam Zerha. Yes. And a real and a real oh He doesn't like ice baths. Jason Horn francis
1: well, I mean it'll be difficult <laughs> for uh, <laughs> it'll be difficult for the Hornet to captain the Kangaroos, but I uh, appreciate you call, Jason. Uh uh Cam Zohar's, um uh, certainly influential on the field and that looks like the Kangaroo's boys uh certainly grow a bit of a leg when he's up and about Coons. but Yeah, doesn't uh, I don't think he has much to say. He's a very quiet guy, I believe.
3: Yeah, quiet, probably just a little bit unpredictable at this stage, yeah. a little Tough, bit immature. Yeah, not plays a difficult, ready to take difficult on the
1: role. Rates from a game and performance sense to be a skipper. But who knows? As I said, we don't know uh, anywhere near uh, enough to make a decision. We can just throw our hat in a ring and throw a name up. That's all we can do. There's
3: an, Jackson Archer, there's another one. We'll
1: just hypothesise yeah, over I'd that. I'd say it'll be unlikely. Sun. Unlikely. Uh Unlikely. We're approaching 4 o'clock here on The Run Home. This has been the Tradies Hour for Ace Gatters. Australian made, built to last. In the end zone. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. I've never seen anything like it. Why are we oh kicking it? Why are we kicking it? They are the voices of Peyton and Eli Manning uh, during uh, today's, this afternoon's wild card showdown between. Well, in the end, it was a lowdown because the Dallas Cowboys blew the doors off Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was a one-sided affair. Make no mistake about it. Potentially, Tom Brady's last game. As a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Dallas uh, mm. won the game 31-14, to 14, and they advance to the divisional round next weekend uh, to face San Francisco. Tampa Bay, Tampa Tommy, may be no longer. So that takes us to take it or leave it for Charlie Battisti and co-Melbourne's most trusted repairer of prestige German vehicles. So that was Brett Maher, not Brett Maher, Brett Maher, uh, Coons, who missed her. four straight, he had one of the worst cases of the yips you will ever see. Regardless of the sport, he missed four straight extra points, four in a row. Well, well, four in a row. One,
3: one in a row is enough to get you sacked from that it specialist is. position, is. let alone four in a row, we'll never see him again. He won't get a signature on the field like Brett Maher has a signature no. on his own court no. in Adelaide any time soon. So he's in a little bit of strife, I think, for the rest of his career. But I would like to ask you, after the Bucking Stinker, Ooh. Tampa Bay Tommy is out. If he, If I was the following team... Would I take him or would
1: I leave him? We'll start Mm. with Miami. Uh, Take or leave Tom Brady. I get the sense they want to take him, but I would leave him. What about San Francisco? Uh, No, that's a huge leave. That's a huge leave, San Francisco. Now, Tom Brady is from that part of America, Northern Cali. Uh, but I would leave him because they uh, they've won their past eleven games with Mister Irrelevant Brock Purdy. And now they're not my words; that is the actual nickname uh, that he was given because he was the last pick in the draft, the last pick He's in the NFL draft. Not irrelevant anymore, though. Is those, he? well, he was. Now he is very relevant. So if I'm San Francisco, I am leaving Tom Brady, forty five year old Tom Brady. So uh, definitely leaving Miami and leaving San Francisco. Well, does he go back to where it all began, where he had so much success, the New England Patriots? Oh, please. Please. Uh, He got out of Foxborough, uh, Massachusetts, just out of Boston, because he couldn't stand working with Bill Belichick, the the relentless hammer that never gave him any credit for being... uh, Bill Belichick used to refer to their kicker as the best player on their team when Tom Brady was (laughs) on the team. (laughs) <laughs> the disrespect. He he. Uh, no, the noise was loud late in uh, Brady's career in in uh, in Patriot Land that he and Belichick had just had enough of each other. So uh, no, he won't be going back to New England. The what Miami, did he do then? Well, the Miami one's interesting because there was some tampering issues, and they're going to put him in, in an ownership position. He was going to play. So that story Ooh. came out not long ago. There's a lot of murkiness about that story. We know that uh, Tua Tagovailoa has had some concussion issues himself. Uh, Some parts of the team aren't sold on him. Others are. So Tom Brady to Miami probably makes the most sense. He wouldn't have to move far because Tampa and Miami are both in Florida. Uh, There's a geography lesson for you, Rod. Um, So uh, both (laughs) – but he wouldn't have to move far. He wouldn't have – because, of course, with his uh, marital situation or lack thereof, his recent divorce – uh, he's got to give some consideration uh, to you know to to moving the kids across the country if he goes to Your San kids, Francisco. His kids are like twenty five, thirty, and thirty five, aren't they? His <laughs> youngest child is about eight. Are you, Tom Brady's fifty eight himself. He's forty five. His youngest child is about he's about eight. Um Jeez, so so. Um, yeah, so there's a bit happening there with uh, with Tommy B. Uh, I, I think he should retire. He's not the quarterback hang he once up. was. He is just not the quarterback. Everyone wants to blame the team around him, the coaching. Uh, the 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 Super Bowl run a couple of years ago on their home field was incredible, unbelievable. He's seven Super Bowl. No one else has got that many. I think he should hang him up, go back and chase Giselle, get that supermodel wife back if you can. Yes. She's making fifty mil. He's got. He signed a deal with Fox for about three hundred million when he finishes football. Just finish football, go get the three hundred million to watch football.
3: (laughs) Yeah, enough's enough, Tom. You've done everything you need to do in the game. Spend some time with your young fella. He's he's eight years old. All the rest of them are grown up. They haven't seen you basically their whole lives. Uh, Giselle's had enough. She's left. So go back, try and maybe you know, rekindle the romance with the with the bride. <laughs> Spend some time with the family. Take the 300 mil and just sit there and talk about the game.
1: Who is the best quarterback in the league? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the best. He'll win the MVP. Josh Allen is right behind him, as is Joe Burrow. Who's um, so so, Josh Allen play for? But the Buffalo Bills. Um right. the Buffalo Bills you've just thrown me with that question. Uh that was <laughs> that was take was it or leave it, it thanks it to one, it? Charlie Battisti throwing me the fact that you didn't know. Who we played for not. The fact, that it was a tough. Question. I know that Joe Bengal is one of your boys. Joe Burrow, I mean, Joe, is a Joe Burrow's for the Bengals. Joe <laughs> oh, Bengals for the him. plays for the Cincinnati. Burrows. An hour and nine minutes in, we've lost him. Uh, Charlie Battisti and me Melbourne's finest facility for the repair of prestige German vehicles. Get your repair process started. A Couple off the forty winks temper text as well in regards to the NFL. Uh, Clyde or Stephen in Clyde, I think that is. Says, hey, Josh, how about them Cowboys? Well, that's uh, indeed. Uh, I picked them to win this game, and uh, they did. So they, they were up 24 nothing at the half. That was a, uh, a beatdown from the Dallas Cowboys. So well done, Stephen, if in fact you do barrack for them. Damien says, uh, in regards to Brett Maher, who missed four straight extra point attempts, not sure you can sign anyone that's not already in your practice squad. So if Dallas don't have a kicker in their practice squad, they might be stuck with Brett Maher and have to uh, it. help him overcome their yips. Uh, Tom Brady, has, this is from Damien. Tom Brady has had contact from three clubs, Miami, Vegas, and another that hasn't been announced. I don't think you're allowed to officially contact them just yet, but uh, that's not to say they haven't. Uh, and then the other one was... Uh, Josh, your Bengals, this is Michael in Richmond. He's coming with the heat. Your Bengals are going nowhere. You just beat the Ravens with our backup QB and no wide receiver. Ah, our, our Ravens. Okay. Enjoy your holidays. Um, And only won by a crap play call by Greg Roman. Well, the Bengals only fell in against Vegas last year in the playoffs and then went on the road and beat. They went on the road and beat number one, Tennessee. Then they went on the road and beat Kansas City and with a uh, healthier offensive line, they would have won the Super Bowl, Michael. So um you just worry about re-signing Lamar Jackson. Adam, anything to add? Well, hopefully Lamar Jackson can get back to his best after. Well, no, that injury that's a that's end of the season. That's a uh, very much a declining situation. He didn't travel with the team to uh to be on the sideline and support his teammates uh for the game yesterday. And then he put a cryptic little uh Instagram post up as well about if if you be good to someone, they'll be good to you. So that looks a little mm. ugly in Baltimore for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So well, hopefully they can patch things up because he has had some reasonable success. Well, he's at, been like, a Baltimore. he's been an yeah, MVP, been an MVP, absolutely. Uh, uh, TB twelve. That's Tom Brady to the Raiders to reunite with McDaniel's and Ziegler. Well, I think the jury's out on oh, nah, Josh McDaniel's as a head coach. Um, Is that Mike McDaniel's brother? Uh, yeah, let's say it. it's not But yeah, sure We're um, cousins uh, <laughs> Distant, I think one's got a One's plural and one's not One's got an S on side. Does there. he vape
3: as well, Josh? Because uh, we know Mike <laughs> likes to vape uh, Sidelines
1: I was doing a bit of uh, Someone, it might have been Willem actually He threw up a He might have been just Sucking on a, on a straw Like a camel pack Oh, a joint Spliff. No, a drink of water that he was wearing as a backpack. You know what they do in the... No, he's, he's wearing a backpack. Well, he so could going the, on a hike. The head coach of the Miami Dolphins could not have been vaping, vaping. during the game. Well, he he couldn't have been. He might have been. The ironic part of that was uh, they couldn't get the play calls in uh, in time. So, because the coach is vaping... And he calls yes. the plays. He couldn't get the play calls in in time. So uh how about how about flag on the play for vaping on the strawberry. The irony strawberry uh, sucker. How about the uh wash your mouth out, Coons. Alan's the best player in the NFL. He's the second best player in the NFL, but uh I agree. Wash your mouth out. Uh Adam. Let's um let's get to a break because on the other side, uh you've got something for us. You just I uh, I tell right. you what, I love these top fives. They are the top five time wasters, but they're actually fantastic. You give yourself not enough credit. Uh, What are we going with today? Top five? Well, given that we spoke to Louise Fleming before, she described John
3: Millman as the ultimate journeyman. Mm -hmm. I thought we'll delve into the top
1: five sports journeymen of all time. Top five sports journeymen of all time on the other side of a quick break. Brett and Snorbins, hang on as well. We'll get to you straight off the uh, the other side of the break because I know you want to talk about the kangaroos and who might be their skipper. So hang in there, Brett from Snorbs, and then we'll get to the top five journeymen in sport. Here it is the run home, Josh Jenkins and Adam Cooney driving you home. Our top five journeymen, we're going to get to that in a moment, but uh, Brett from Snorbs has been patiently waiting on the line as he does often. We uh, We love Brett and we love his work. Uh, Brett, I think you want to uh, throw up a nomination or a nominee for the captaincy of the Kangaroos.
4: Yeah, g'day, boys. Uh, I'm going to go with somebody who hasn't been mentioned yet anywhere, really. Uh, I'm going to go with somebody who is has been a loyal servant. He's almost about to notch up 300 games, and he's a pretty accomplished performer in the media. That's Todd Goldstein. Mm. Now, I know Clarko's coming in with a total blank canvas, but what we do know is, in his last season at Hawthorne, he made Ben McAvoy the captain. So I, with, with no clear standouts as uh, captaincy material at North at the moment, and Jai Simpkin only being 24, it might be a bit of an easy transition. Possible joint captains or Goldstein into Simpkin. So I don't know if Simpkin's totally ready yet, but maybe that could be a possibility. What are your thoughts, boys? Uh, you played under the big duke, didn't you, Coon? Oh.
1: The
3: big Duke uh, I did, but he didn't play many games. He popped a couple of knees uh, in my in the infancy of my career, so i didn't uh, whilst he was the skipper he didn't play a lot of games with me, sort of transitioned into the media um, at the start of my career but it's a great option it's an easy option and one that could sit pretty comfortably I think with the players and also the North Melbourne fans, even if it was a, a one year uh, one to two year appointment just waiting for Simpkin. Uh, in a couple of years before he matures uh, to sort of 26, 27 years of age is a nice time to take over. So uh, it's a great suggestion, and I think North Melbourne fans would be happy with that.
1: I like it, Brett. Uh, You enjoy snorps, and we'll uh, chat again soon. All right, we promised, or you teased, uh, as they say in the industry, uh, top five journeymen. Uh, uh, Are we going across all sports? Are you sticking to footy? Where are you... Mostly footy. I have uh, ventured into a couple of other
3: sports, but right. it was just off the back of, of Johnny Millman. Um, he is in my top five. Uh, he's 33 years of age, been playing at the elite level for 16 years, mm. believe it or not. And we see him at the Australian Open, and he usually gets through the first round in a five-setter, and we think, gee, we love this guy. And then we don't see him for 11 months of the year, and then he rolls back around at Melbourne Park, and we see him again. So he's got the he's got the one career title, in 16 years playing professionally, made the quarterfinals at the U.S. Open. So he's he, he classifies as a genuine journeyman. Coming in at number five is um, a man that you'll be quite familiar with, and that is yourself. Oh. He's <laughs> Three-clubber. Well, started at Essendon on the rookie list. Mm. Went to the Crows. Established games. yourself with that big deal, that uh, five-year, $800,000 a year deal with incentives, <laughs> and then you went which to I the Cats. So, what was the breakdown uh, games from Essendon, Crows and Geelong? Because uh, I didn't have time to... Nord,
1: 147 and 2. Yep. Oh, so you didn't get to 150. Well, no, 0, 147 and 2 would equal 149, Adam, so you you do the math. Does that upset you? <laughs> yes, it does. By, no. the,
3: by the tone in your voice, you're upset by that. So we'll move on oh, okay. pretty quickly to number no, four. No, you want no to talk problem.
1: about it? Do you want to talk about it more? No, no, no. It's actually 150 uh, is the, uh, I think it's the most irrelevant milestone in footy, is it not? I think 50 means yeah. more than 150, doesn't it? Well, if you get to 50, you sort of start to feel comfortable. Yeah, 150 well, yeah, is a bit of a
3: nothing. Yeah. So no, A right. nothing milestone. So there but you go. really. Cop that. Number four, uh, Jacob Townsend who is a great journeyman. He's uh, played 28 games at the Giants, 20 at Richmond, pretty good 20, mind you, 12 at the Bombers, went two after that, and then just four at the Gold Coast Suns. But we'll be remembered for um, the, the magical run he went on in 2017. Kicked six in round 22, then established his spot in the side. Five the next week and then mm. obviously went
1: on to play every, a really strong role in the final series. Basically every kick he had for a, a, a period. He'd had about 25 kicks and 20 of them were goals at uh, one period throughout 2017. <laughs> yeah. So I like that one. That's a good one. Everything he touched uh, turned to
3: genuine gold at mm. that stage. Uh, Lewis Van pouch who is a boxer, oh, an international boxer, his record reads one hundred and thirty-four fights for one hundred and twenty-three losses. <laughs>
1: Does so he's getting
3: he's getting in there, getting his head he's a pounded human in. Punching bag, and he's just that's exactly what he said. He said, "Look, I'm not the most talented boxer, but people book me because they know that I'll put on a show and I can Belt, take the a crap punch out and, of me
1: and make yourself feel good."
3: It's like Homer versus Dredderick Tatum. He just stands up and cannot, cannot be defeated. 134 fights, 123 losses. That's, un- that's incredible. You'd think Jeez. you'd go and do a, tr- do a trade or something, become a brickie or something oh. like that after, after one fight. That's generally enough. Jonathan Giles.
1: Ah, yes. <laughs> he's my old teammate, a yeah, top-up my old, at the Bombers. Uh, no, actually, he's not my old teammate. Might have been one of your teammates. No, he's not. We actually tried out at the Bombers together, to be honest. He's a four-clubber, so he, wow. he was 11 years in the
3: system. Uh, started at Port Adelaide. Not a lot of people know that. Didn't play any games there. Play, did the bulk of his work at the GWS Giants with over 50 games. Yep. Three at the Bombers and then finished uh, as a backup, backup, backup ruckman to about three of the guys at the West Coast Eagles. Mm. We played the nine games there, so... He's quite the journeyman. He is. A that's,
1: that's a very good one. Uh, let us know. Jump on the King Island Golf uh, Talkback line. Play King Island's Pure Links Golf Courses. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Who are the great journeymen or journeywomen uh, in sport? Who journey are the athletes? People? Who are the great journey people in sports? Couple I want He is a <laughs> yes. Philadelphia Iguodala. 76er. Golden State Warrior. Went to Memphis. Went to Miami. I like that one. Uh, when, whilst we're with the NBA, I uh, was looking it up. Jim Jackson uh, was an NBA player. He's one of four players who played for 12 teams. 12? 12. 12 teams across his 14-year career. You should be moving, are you? would want the, uh, the removalists on, uh, on speed dial, wouldn't you? So he, Jim Jackson played for the Mavericks, the Nets, the Sixers, the Warriors, Blazers, Hawks, Cavaliers, Miami, Sacramento, Houston, Phoenix, and the Lakers. <laughs> Ooh, that's juicy. <laughs> if you juicy. do not um, mind. How many did Shaquille get to? Yeah, he got to a few. I actually looked him up just before. but I uh, He'd he, be nearly double figures. He played for the Lakers, Orlando, Boston, Cleveland, Phoenix, Miami, off the top of my head. Uh, so he played for a few. Uh, a few off the temper text as well, the 40-wings temper text. Uh, there is Robert Ori. Everywhere he, he went, He uh, he was able to win a... Win a uh, win a ring. Uh, the other one there, uh, Tom Campbell, a former teammate of yours, Tommy uh, Campbell. Uh, three clubs, fifteen seasons. That's not bad. still on still on a list, I believe. Fifteen seasons is not right. I think that's a couple uh, more than he has actually played but uh, n- i don't been... think he's played for 15 no, years no he hasn't quite cuz he uh, <laughs> another teammate of mine I played with him at the Bendigo <laughs> Bombers in fact Oh, really? <laughs> when he was, yeah, uh... so was at, the, at the dish league is with me for a few years what about yeah. um what about uh, uh, this is a good one from Brett Brendan Favola, he's played for roughly 35 local footy clubs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's not doing
3: his bit for recycling because the amount of brown paper bags that he's keeping in yeah. in his house there at the moment.
1: I tell you what, you worry about first mm. brown paper bags. Uh, let's get to a few callers because they've come through uh, thick and fast. Justin's in Fern Tree Gully, he wants to uh, throw up a cricketing journeyman. Uh, good afternoon, Justin. Yeah, good afternoon, gents.
3: Uh, I've got a couple of cricket uh, journeymen for you. Uh, one being Dirk Natus, who played international cricket for both Holland and Australia, and no mm. less than 15 domestic clubs across four continents. <laughs> and we'll, yeah. throw Dan, we'll throw in Dan Christian as well, who I reckon he's played for every BBL franchise in the country. <laughs> uh, yeah. Potentially. I think and he's, uh, he's, he's won, won a title with just about everyone. He might have played shield cricket for every state as well.
1: Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, we love that, Justin. I'll tell you what, first cab off the rank, you are getting the 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart. Get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek from just 99 bucks. Visit au Because of the research, not just ringing up and throwing someone at us, the research uh, is fantastic. So hang on the line, Justin, and we'll get you the... Uh, 18 holes of golf, Mel. Uh, Matt is in Botanic Ridge, and he's got a journeyman for us. Good afternoon, Matt.
4: Yeah, I, uh, I was going to say Dale Kickett.
1: Yes, that's a good one. Is Dale, he four, five, four clubs or five? I think he's a five clubber, isn't he, uh, uh, Matt? Yeah, five, I think he played for one club twice as well. <laughs> that's five and a half. Uh, I like that, Dale Kickett. That's a uh, nice suggestion in the AFL ranks, Matt. Thanks for your call, Joe's a uh, Roeville jumped on the line. You got a journeyman for us, Joe?
4: Hey boys. How are
1: you? Going well, thank you.
4: Um, I can't believe Coons, uh, Coons, you missed this one. Uh, Matt Spanger was at West Coast. Missed out on the flag when they played Sydney. Went to Sydney. Missed out on the flag when <laughs> they played West Coast. Come yeah. to Hawthorne. Won the flag when they played Sydney. Best journeyman <laughs> ever, mate. What a story.
3: Yeah, man. what a yeah, what a what a fairy tale finish to that story too after being so unlucky at a couple of clubs But Uh he's a guy that um pretty much universally loved I think even yeah, opposition indeed.
1: supporters yeah, enjoy. He works uh, his where does work. He work? Is, well, he's working for a club at home. Bulldogs, I'm he's working sure. at the Bulldogs, you should know. Is he in the you're dishes. A, you're a famous uh, alumni. Uh Shaun's in Diamond Creek, he's got a journeyman for us. Good afternoon, Sean.
4: Yeah, guys Soul me Thunder with Dan Christian. I was looking forward to a game of golf too. Um, Yeah, no, it's um, Jacko and Phil Carmen. I think they were four clubs each. I
3: can't remember Jacko though. I think he, yeah, Carmen was, but I don't remember Jacko. I think
4: Jacko might have been only three, but I think it was Melbourne, Geelong, St Kilda. I just can't pick the four. Hmm. Did you
3: Sydney? I
1: don't
4: think so. All
3: right, we'll Well, have to to take it. it. If you throw in a single too I think if you if you venture out from a few four clubs and go into a, a singing career <laughs> I think that 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 sort of elevates you to ultimate journeymanism. Uh five clubs for Dale Kickett, Fitzroy, West Coast, St Kilda, Essendon and
1: Fremantle. Wow, incredible. Unbelievable. Uh let's get through a couple more before the news quickly. Steve's in uh Steve is somewhere AFL journeyman. Uh, good afternoon, Steve. Yeah.
4: yeah, how are you guys? Going hey, well, um, thank you. Stand up. Damn old field, played with four clubs and never played a game. Kicked six goals in his last practice match alongside Plugger against the Crows, and they delisted him the next week and took one of the young, had to choose between him and one of the young uh, Irish guys. Jeez. Uh, so, never got to play a game, but yeah. played
1: with four AFL clubs. Four, four, was that a, four AFL clubs and never got to play a game? That's uh, incredibly unlucky. Ray's somewhere in Victoria, this great state. Uh, you've got a journeyman for us in the AFL, Ray. Good afternoon.
4: They're young Josh and um, Bella White. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Adam, uh, Adam Kearney,
1: that would be the 2006 yeah, Brownlow Medalist. Who have you got for, for us, the, Ray? Right? eight. Yeah, Mark Jacko Jackson, right? Yep. Started out at Richmond. Yes. Then went to St. Hilda, Melbourne, and
4: Geelong, and then finished with South Fremantle with the big coach, Mel Brown.
1: Yeah, I like it, Ray. Great suggestion. Great suggestion. Uh, that was that was a nice little uh, a span of callers there. Journeyman, mm. all over the place. Some names: Dirk Nannis, Dan Christian, Dale Kickett, Matt Spanger. Fabulous, Phil Carmen, Sam Oldfield played for. Was that four AFL clubs? Never played a game. Mark Jacko, Jackson. They're all over the place. Uh, this is. This. Almost
3: put me into that category it was our callers can't even
1: remember more. We name. could. Let's get to the news. Uh this is a run home. No, we've got an hour to go. Josh Jenkins and some other bloke. Yes. Ray's somewhere in Victoria, this great state. Uh you've got a journeyman for us in the AFL. Ray, good afternoon. There you go. Josh and um Bella White. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <do you know? laughs> oh, the disrespect. Shown to my man. i tell you what, it wouldn't have happened if he was in the studio. Uh, <laughs> public sur- service announcement too, speaking of uh, commuting, uh, Ryan saying there's a large accident with the semi-trailer and the car at- atop the Westgate. Uh, oh, inbound, God. massive delays. So if you're coming into Melbourne from, uh, from Geelong or from that part of the town, perhaps try and find an alternate route because it sounds like uh, there are some serious... Uh, delays on the Westgate Bridge. Uh, hopefully, everyone involved is okay. Um, I had. A, what about Dre Russ? Is he a? Is he a journeyman? Just continuing, continuing on with uh, sports great journeymen or journeywomen? Is Dre Russ considered those BBL well, or T Twenty players who bounce all across the globe?
3: Well, I think they're more considered a, a gun for hire. Those sort of specialists, yeah, bit of T20 a type players. Yeah. See, they don't mind. Uh, it's not like they um, are strapped for opportunities. They just chase the dollars. Whereas a journeyman is sort of, you know, just plodding along. You seem to just find yourself on a list or on a roster year by year. I think Dre Russ can sort of command a, a reasonable price when
1: he's brandishing the willow. So he probably elevates himself just a little bit above journeyman status. We spoke about uh, Brett Maher and his yips uh, his that he suffered for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, In today's wildcard game, fortunately for him, and the Cowboys are able to win the game, uh, and his job security or insecurity on the back of that, Dave Rayner was a 72.2% accuracy in terms of field goals across his NFL kicking career, yet... Despite that seventy two percent accuracy, still found himself playing for eleven different teams <laughs> in the NFL. So job security when you're a kicker or a punter is not great. Uh Tom Hickey, the big ruckman, is uh is a really he's a great journeyman in in its purest sense too, because he's gone uh from what do you go, St Kilda? Gold Coast. Who was it the Gold Coast? So? West Coast Sydney. Sydney. That and is that is a little better, bit of uh, a travel. That yeah, is a that's little, classic. and now and he's playing He's actually he's among he's among uh, the more influential uh, influential uh, rucks in the game when he's on song. Career
3: best form, no Unbelievable. doubt about that. At his fourth, only found his fourth club to uh, find his career best form. So, yeah, well done. There are some good stories, but it, it, I mean, four club, that genuinely classifies
1: as journeyman. I didn't know he was at the Suns. Mm. he was definitely at the suns definitely at the suns you can take that uh to the bank we're going to speak to Ryan Brockoff uh oh. after the break now uh it's we are glad that uh Ryan has been uh courageous enough not courageous enough but he's fronting up to talk to us because it was a it was a poor loss for the Phoenix last night against the Brisbane bullets who have been in woeful form and they've had Three different coaches this year already, if you can believe that. So uh, we're going to speak to Ryan Brockhoff on the other side of uh, our next break. A couple of... Cam Luke's a journeyman. Well, he works for us, but he does seem to work for everyone. Um, yes.
3: He started with the Sports and Entertainment Network and then defected. Ooh. Went to Macquarie Sports. Oh, uh, I don't know, it was called Eon Sports Radio. Didn't
1: last. Didn't last long, too long. Then
3: no. tried to come crawling back to Craig with his tail between his legs. Mm. Craig said, "No, thank you, Cameron." Then he had to work his
1: ba- way back up the ranks. He's like a cockroach. SEN just can't <laughs> kill him. <laughs> we can send that to Cam too, please. Uh, Sean McKernan's a journeyman. He he is. He uh, yep. was a Crow when I went over there. Then he became. Uh, so I was at the Bombers and he was at the Crows. It's not about me, but it's just. Yeah, talking about Sean. Uh, I was at the Bombers. He was at the Crows. And then I went to the Crows and he went to the Bombers. And then he went to the Saints and played (laughs) some footy at the Saints as well. So I think he was about 12 or 13 years and may have got to 100 games or may have just fallen short. So I think in the AFL sense, Coons, that's the truest form of a a journeyman. A a lot of years, but not a lot of games. That is the the purest sense. And those big ruckmen uh, can tend to... Can tend to be those types who can hang around. So, Shawnee, a big Shawnee boy, as Sizzle tells me, played 91 games across a career that started... Now, I'm just uh, relying on the internet here. That started in 2009 and ended in 2021. So, that's a long yeah, that's career good. for 91 games. So, uh, there's another journeyman for us. Uh, let's get to... Uh, a break because as I said on the other side we're going to speak to South East Melbourne sharpshooter Ryan Brockhoff Uh, Welcome back to The Run Home. We've got a very special guest in the house joining us uh, uh, at the moment. Hunter Johnson is the CEO of Stuff and Stuff uh, do some great things uh, pushing and promoting and uh, just assisting young men with their mental health uh, issues and mental health support and Hunter's been able to come in and join us and uh, just have a general conversation about mental health uh, in young people and young boys and young men. Uh, Hunter, thanks for coming in.
0: Matt, it's awesome. Uh, I love SEN, so it is <laughs> uh, a pleasure and a privilege, but yeah, excited to have some, you know, a few laughs, but also talk about some real things about men's mental health today as well.
1: Now, it, you, you go ahead and tell us, and I've been reading about what you guys do, and the support you you put in place and the things programs and people that you've got that help facilitate uh, young uh, mental health in young people and young men just tell us about where you guys come from uh, you know this is your brainchild and you've built this up and now you've got a really good support network around you so just tell us about the, the growth of, of your business.
0: Yeah, sure. So the origin started with setting up a charity called The Man Cave, which we started uh, out of Melbourne and has now worked with about 40,000 young men across the country. So it's quickly boomed. Um, but yeah, really, it comes from just seeing some of the most important men in my life. You know, my brothers, my dad um, struggle with their own mental health and no one talk about it. Um, so I, I grew up in a you know pretty sporty environment and we kind of just got on with it. But I but I also saw the other side of the impact of them not talking about their, their mental health. And so it just blew my mind that we didn't have much more uh, support through kind of the teenage years mm-hmm. when life really starts to happen to us. We get all the pressures or high school, you know, everything that comes with it. Yeah. Um. And why don't we take a positive approach to working with young men? And I just saw a lot of the systems we had to deal with, whether it was mental illness or uh, you know, mental health related, it was a bit doom and gloom. And I was like, why don't we focus on boys' strengths rather than their deficits and really call them in? And um, yeah, it started running Man Cave, which has now exploded, which is really positive. And through that, we, Man Cave's a charity. So we yep. started to think, how do we diversify our income? And so we created a men's personal care brand, which is called Stuff, as in S-T-U-F-F. Uh, it's like stuff for your face, stuff for your head and body, stuff for your pits, um, and the idea is that it funds the charity man yep. cave. Yeah. So it's it's been an amazing ride. We've you know we've now sold through Woolies, soon to be through uh, through Priceline as well. We're in Shaver Shop. Uh, it's been a masterclass in learning about fast moving <laughs> consumer goods. Yeah. <laughs> um, going from charity CEO to you know startup CEO, but you know it's such an interesting time for men right now, and I think our whole approach is. Yeah, let's really focus on men's strengths and tell positive stories about manhood and masculinity opposed to all the ne- negative rhetoric that's out there yeah
1: indeed uh, adam cooney's got a question for you have you got a set of that's headphones great. just there so yeah you so put your headphones on if you can man.
3: hunter that's great get out and get your stuff because it's uh, obviously for a great cause So, i wanted to ask you hunter um, generally men they, they, they don't speak up a lot we don't voice um our feelings too often there will be people listening now and as you said the the change and the shift um and the focus on on men's health is amazing at the moment but there will be people out there um struggling with their mental health now and they don't know what to do they don't know how to take the first step can you give some advice to uh the men and teenagers out there who, who may be sitting there thinking how can i take that first step
0: Yeah, awesome. I I think this is a really common, uh, it's more common than we think. You know, a lot of men kind of, we know from the data, feel like they're alone. And interesting, we do a lot of work with Movember now. And the interesting statistic is that one in three men over the age of 35 are actually satisfied with the quality of their relationships. So they might have a lot of relationships, but in terms of the depth, there's a real dissatisfaction. And what the research is saying is that um, men really want kind of these deep, long-lasting male friendships, but just due to a variety of life circumstances, whether it's commitment to, uh, to work or to providing, they aren't able to kind of have the depth and, and the friendships that they really, really want. And so um, the first step, I think, for people to to kind of think through is one, just realize yeah, you're not alone. It's really, mm-hmm. really common. And finding a practice of solitude is a great place to start. So if that's, you know, just journaling your thoughts or, you know, voice noting your thoughts or uh, whatever it is, you know, if you are into things like slowing your brain down through meditation, that's a really great first step. Then the internet can be an amazing tool for us. You know, there's a variety of chat rooms. Um, if you just search, you know, Google uh, on Google for local men's groups or advice for XYZ about your your mental health um, there's a variety of ways you can educate yourself and then of course if things are you know are feeling a little bit overwhelming um, beyond blue have some amazing resources which you can access uh, and then of course there's the uh, the accessing professional support if you do feel like it gets to to that point where you really want to speak to a, a professional and the way that you know I think about this it's just the gym for your mind. You know, it's, it's a practice for us to, you know, even, you know, I talk about my journaling practices, like the windscreen wipers for my brain, so much, <laughs> yeah. so much head noise yeah. all the time. And, and this is just a practice, um, you know, to, to go inwards and to, to get it out of my head and just let it go. And, you know, the, the gateway for us to really start taking care of ourselves is really connecting to our body. So the breath is a fantastic tool. So just catch your breath focus on your breath ground
1: yourself and then where you can move your body you know it really helps it's uh, it's been uh, fantastic uh, we've got to get to the five o'clock news shortly but have you seen a have you seen a shift within clubs and young people by extension young people uh, being a little more comfortable talking about how they're feeling and how they're going?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're definitely seeing a, a shift now where, you know, even the, the attention that Movember's getting over the November months of the year, we're starting to see yeah, a lot of awareness, but the next challenge from awareness is the action, right? So I still know today there's still some pretty, you know, ingrained stoic beliefs where I'll just, you know, pull my socks up and get on with it. And it's just a muscle that we learn to develop. Um, you know, how do we know that the early signal signs that something might not be going right, you know, I notice for me, my house gets really messy, you know, and that's, that's like a a signal for me that things aren't, uh, on track. And so it's catching those signals early and really starting to do something about it. And so, yeah, you know, for, for what we do, we really want to support young men, uh, as they go through their journey. And, um, whilst the charity does really important work, what we really try to do now is give people an access that by supporting and buying stuff, whether it's through Woolies, you know, Priceline or through our website. Um, it's a really easy, accessible way for people to support the next generation of young men. And uh, we've just released a new SPF 50 plus um, in line for yep. summer. And if anyone's listening, we've got a special discount code, which is SEN20, where you get 20% off. And it's a, a cracking sunscreen, which I, you know, I'm you definitely biased, but it's it's very good.
1: Amazing. That's uh, fantastic. Uh, make sure you go out to uh, Woolies and get involved and uh, get all your stuff. Hunter, thanks so much for coming in. It's been uh, a great little chat. I wish we had longer, but uh, thanks for making the effort to come in. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. There's the CEO of stuff, Hunter Johnson.
2: No, look, it's it's awesome. They're, they're the ones you remember, you know, the ones where you, you leave it, absolutely everything out there. Um, I'm pretty cooked now. You know, I'm, I'm a little exhausted at the moment, but they're, they're really the ones you remember. I had a lot of people come down. From Brisbane to to come and watch me and you can see them throughout the crowd and and they're special you know long after I stop playing tennis they'll be the ones that kind of stick with me you know I I thought my opponent today was was really good he's not a household name just yet but you know that doesn't don't take anything away from that you know for me it's uh, as memorable as you know any match that I've played
1: that was uh, John Millman speaking about his round one victory at the Australian Open. Uh, just very good to see the Aussies doing well, of course. Disappointing with the news that came out yesterday about Nick Kyrgios and him having to withdraw from the tournament. But great to see some uh, some of the other Aussies doing very, very well. Uh, just an update in terms of the Andy Murray and Matteo Berrettini match. It's going on. I think it's at Kia Arena. It doesn't really matter. It's at one of the indoor arenas here in Melbourne. Uh, So Murray won the first two sets, 6-3, 6-3. Berrettini, the number 19 seed, uh, bounced back and won the third set, 6-4. And they're locked away at three all in the fourth set. So this looks like it is going to go down to the wire. This is going to be a uh, long match. Luckily, these two are playing inside because... This looks like Adam Cooney, one of those uh, tennis games that's going to be four or five hours in duration. Yeah, it
3: could be an epic encounter coming up, no doubt about that, to uh, stars uh, of tennis at the moment. Andy Murray just playing with the uh, one regulation hip, one titanium hip, so good to see (laughs) that he's still hitting. Hitting the uh, Slusinger okay, but uh, everyone back on court now. I think on the on the outside courts after that heat delay. Uh, Jordan Thompson is playing JJ Wolf, the American lost the first Wolf. set six three, but he's up three one in the second, so he has broken the American serve. Hopefully, he can capitalize
1: and take the second set. Uh, just looking for so Thanasi Kokkinakis's match at Kia Arena is is now scheduled, loosely scheduled for six pm. Uh, against the Italian Fognini. it's unlikely that that match will start on that time. Those times are probably pretty fluid after the uh, after the break. Uh, so that'll be a big game uh, tonight. The Demon Alex Diminor will face uh, the uh, Taiwanese boy uh, who I'm going to say his name's who, but who silent knows? s. Who knows if it is? Who knows if it isn't? Uh, <laughs> Could be Zhu at about uh, seven PM loosely as well. So he'll be the uh, showcase match tonight. Uh, and Novak Djokovic will play the Spaniard Carbeles Bayana at uh, Rod Laver at 8.15. Just excuse me if I've uh, made a Just mockery. Elite the mess with of those, name pronunciation. Of those uh, names. So uh, some big time games uh, to carry on now that all players are back on court, which is great news now that the temperature is showing. Well, it's showing 36 here at the uh, SEN studios, but obviously it's a little bit cooler Down there at Melbourne Park. See the first ever Australian Paddle Open at Australian Open 2023. The newest racket sport with off-the-wall energy. And if you're keen on playing tennis after watching it, hire a tennis court at play.tennis.com.au. That's play.tennis.com.au. Tennis Tennis court hire. No membership. No worries. Go and find a way to play. Uh, Adam Kearney. Away from the Australian Open, which is dominating the headlines, uh, you are always good for a little bit of nonsense. And uh, <laughs> I what think that's a compliment. What you, It's definitely a compliment. What you've come up with today is, um, uh, how would we term it? Just dumb things you've purchased? Well,
3: it's off um, the back of recently, and this is only in the last few days, sort of check that I've been checking you check my bank account and if a if a payment comes out from Apple then I just assume it's either Apple Music or um an app that I've paid for or something along those lines um that those the bills that have already come through but I sort of just scroll through them and don't think anything of them when I see the Apple bills and sort of through December In the early parts of January, my bank account was getting drained rather quickly. Quicker than usual at the festive time of year, it must be said. So I went back and I thought, well, I'm going to have to itemise a few of these things. And I noticed that there was 58 payments from Apple over the sort of late November to the start of January period. And I realised that one of my children has been buying apps um, like art things and all sorts of uh, rubbish right. on the App Store
1: right. to the
3: tune of $800. Oh. And this is separate apps. So it's like 30 different apps that all cost. <laughs> so she didn't realize that they all cost money. Cost so money. she's just been looking through them and downloading an app. And some of them are, are yearly subscriptions for $110. Oh, no. And if I hadn't have had a look through the bank account, it was $800 total, but she got actually to $500 a month in subscriptions for oh. all the different apps. So each month it was going to roll over, and it was going to cost me $500 a month for all these apps. So thankfully... Uh, we emailed Apple and we got a uh, reimbursement from some of those oh, because okay. I said, look, my daughter downloaded these apps mistakenly and she didn't realise they cost money, blah, blah, blah. So we ended up getting most of them. mark. I think we're only a couple of hundred down in the end, which was nice. But it got me thinking, what's um, unknowingly, well, what, yeah. what have you, what's the stupid things that your kids have, have bought or, or cost you online? My daughter actually once, when she was a little bit younger, just mm-hmm. scrolling through, pressing buttons, uh, got onto eBay Bought a car hoist for two thousand three hundred dollars. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> a car hoist, and they're the things you have to bid on. But she'd click buy it now. Buy it so straight the, away. This, this oh. guy wanted the car hoist and wanted me to transfer the money. I said, well, mate, I've got no idea what you're talking about." Can, uh, so I've Still got a
1: car hoist at home. Can we get you a little bit of um, like a maybe a password on your phone or? Um... Well, they they're at that age now where they know all the passwords. Well, some face identification
3: to purchase things or just <laughs> well, then a phone print or I, something. They, wa- <laughs> they wait till I have eight or nine beers, fall asleep on the couch, and then they put the phone up to my face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Little thieves they are. Well, I, I actually I, uh, I had a big clean out because you can actually go on your phone and uh, if you click on settings and your and your profile, so you, you go to settings and you click on your name at the top, you go to subscriptions and it shows you hmm. everything that you subscribe to. Yeah, and I've um, that out recently myself. Yeah, I just got rid of the magic eraser that I had. I was paying nine ninety nine a year for. <laughs> a I, magic eraser. I what got is rid that? of uh, I got rid of the resume builder I've been paying 30 bucks a year uh, to help me build a resume, uh, which I wasn't aware of. So even a, a, grown, when did you, a grown adult. <laughs> at what time of your career at the Cats did you download the resume builder? Uh, as, soon as, I got there. as soon as I got there. As soon as I played my first game, I thought I'm going <laughs> to need yeah. this. So I uh, signed up to the resume uh, builder. Before we get to uh, sports bet, Lockie's on the road, wants to share with us uh, a, a bit of a mistaken purchase. Good afternoon, Lockie.
4: Um, I, I just uh, got in the car, so I started hearing it. Uh, just before Christmas, I found out, saw, saw a couple of transactions for, for some things, and I was like, what the hell's that? Uh, I was over in the US and thinking, ah, uh, someone's scamming me, so I called the bank, and then they said, oh, it's been happening these months. <laughs> um, so my 13 year old son and my 10 year old daughter, nearly 11, uh, went into Tag Team and borrowed my credit card uh, to get Lego. It was in excess of a grand comfortably, Mm. Uh, so they'd been buying Lego
1: uh, (laughs) on the slide
4: for for six for six bucks. um, Fraudulently
1: through my credit card, so Santa didn't come. No, <laughs> uh, yes. kids got Lego for Christmas. Oh, they got they got they got Christmas presents all year round, Lockie. They don't need uh, presents on the 25th of December. Thanks for your call, Lockie. So uh, let us know. We've still got uh, 10 or 15 minutes. One, uh, what's our phone number? One 736. That's it, Adam. Uh, let us Not know numbers, guy, eh? What your kids have purchased? Uh, Either mistakenly, deliberately behind your back. Uh, whether you've purchased a resume app to help you build a resume like I did. Uh, let us know. 1-300-736-736. Jump on the King Island Golf Talkback line. Play King Island's Pure Links golf courses. Or just send us a text. If you don't want to ring up, just send us a quick text. 40 Winks temper text. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks serious about sleep. And temper, consumer's choice winner. Temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Uh, let's go. We're going to get to sports bet now. Now, I think Adam's going to. Are you going to? No, okay, I'll do sports bet, and then we'll come back. And uh, I think there'll be plenty of people on the line because there are just naughty little kids out there who like to purchase things uh, without telling their parents. So uh, let's go to sports bet.